Welcome to The Spirit Explodes with Roger Kirby. This is study 11 in Acts of the Apostles. It is drawn from Acts chapter 11 verse 1 through to chapter 12 verse 25. The title is The Expansion of the Church. These two chapters record the events that led to the transfer of the significant heart of the early church from Jerusalem to Antioch. Antioch was the third largest city of the Roman world, strategically placed near the northeast corner of the Mediterranean Sea. First we read the third account, that's Luke's technique for emphasis again, of how Peter came to recognize Cornelius and his friends to be true Christians. In the first verse we read, Luke signals that another milestone has been reached. The Gentiles received the word of God. The rest of this passage adds nothing significant to what we have already heard. Note how, curiously, Luke never mentions the name of Cornelius in this passage. To ask why would make a good question, but I don't know what the answer is, so I won't. We read chapter 11, verses 1 to 18. The apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, He went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Peter began and explained everything to them precisely as it had happened. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds of the air. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, Surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then three men, who had been sent to me from Caesarea, stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appeared in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift as he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could oppose God? When they heard this, 
they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. Question 1. What does Peter say is the mark of the Christian? How does he identify the true followers of Jesus? The mark of the Christian is the possession of the Holy Spirit, not what they have done, such as making a decision, not what has been done to them by others, such as baptism or confirmation, not the possession of any piece of paper making a statement about them, but the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, unseen yet powerful within them. What about you? This development through Peter, starts a process that will not stop and has not stopped the steady expansion of the church from Jerusalem to Antioch and then from Antioch to all the world, from Jews to Gentiles, that is non-Jews, and then, it must be said, as we are unlikely to think of ourselves as non-Jews, to all nations, to us. Now we read, the rest of chapter 11, verses 19 to 30. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was on them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas was a great guy. Antioch to Tarsus was about a hundred dangerous miles by sea, more by land. But if you know something of what happened subsequently, you will know that there were other dangers in fetching Paul. Paul was a very strong and dominant character. Barnabas might have hesitated to fetch someone who might overshadow him very quickly, which is indeed what happened. The final comment in this chapter is about the famine. 
that was to play a significant role in the next few years as it led to much activity on the part of Paul in organising famine relief and the strengthening of ties between the giving Gentile churches and the receiving Jewish churches. After introducing us to Paul, Luke switches back to the story of Peter and the Jerusalem church. This is now a very mixed story of persecution and progress, imprisonment and freedom, death and survival, modest Christians and an arrogant king. Now we're going to read chapter 12, verses 1 to 23. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries, stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street... Suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it, and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet, and described how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Tell James and the brothers about this, he said, and then he left for another place. 
In the morning there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. Then Herod went from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there for a while. He had been quarrelling with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They now joined together and sought an audience with him. Having secured the support of Blastus, a trusted personal servant of the king, they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, This is the voice of a god, not a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. James was executed. Peter was saved out of prison, where he would probably have been executed the next day after a brief trial. No reason for the difference in what happened to the two of them is given. There probably was no discernible reason. That is just the way life is. We have to accept what we might call the ordinary chaos of life. Christian faith does not protect us from it. Question 2. What does this chapter tell us about where the ultimate power lies? It does not lie with Herod. It does lie with the Lord, who was able to fetch Peter out of prison. That is still true, even although we may be no more certain of where the power lies now than was Rhoda when she could not believe it was really Peter at the door. Question 3. Peter walked through many gates on his way out of prison, but was left standing at the door of a Christian house. Is this anything more than an incidental detail? And if so, what? It is tempting to think this is Luke's sense of humour showing. It really is a most amusing reversal of what might be expected. Or is it saying that while the Lord can achieve anything, it is possible for Christians to stand in the way of his plans? One nasty question for which there is no answer would be about the validity of escaping from prison if you thereby condemned four or perhaps sixteen men to death. If you're in a group, you might want to discuss that problem. We are told that Peter left for another place, which probably means he realised his life would be forfeit if he was found and caught. The command of Peter, tell James, indicates the point at which the leadership of the Jerusalem church passed from Peter to James, the brother of Jesus. The Herod of the final story in this section is Herod Agrippa, the grandson of the Herod of the Gospels. This is the only place in Acts where we have a story not obviously related to the early Christians and the progress of the Gospel. Question 4. Why do you think Luke put it in here? 
I think he liked the contrast between what happened to Peter and the death of Herod as a result of his failure to repudiate the praise of the crowd. Josephus, a Jewish historian active at the same time, records this same incident. He says that Herod dressed in a silver robe and stood in the sun so that he looked like an angel or a sun god. He, too, attributes Herod's death to the same thing, his arrogance and blasphemy. And finally, we read the last two verses of this chapter. But the word of God continued to increase and spread. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. Thus Luke summarizes the history of the church in Jerusalem as he prepares to tell us about what happened in the great missionary expansion that would shortly start as Barnabas and Paul went back to Antioch. And that ends this study. Thanks for listening. Come back to Partakers, www.partakers.co.uk, where every day there is something added to help you in your life as a Christian disciple. Thank you.